everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health, the podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I'm obviously going to give you guys the intro like I always do. This episode is one of my favorites. We finally have a real conversation about low-intensity, low-impact workouts. We go into body positivity, inclusivity, community building. We talk about how to feel ourselves and our own bodies and how to really just fine-tune our instincts, which I think is just so fucking awesome, especially when it comes from the uh, fitness world. So, We have Sadie Lincoln on the podcast. She's the co-founder and CEO of Bar 3. I'm sure you guys have heard of her. When I asked you all, who would you want to hear? What story do you guys want to hear on the podcast? And overwhelmingly, I had multiple people who I know are not connected in any way reach out saying Sadie Lincoln is your go-to. And I immediately reached out to her and we've been planning this podcast for a while and our conversation is really fantastic. So we'll get into that in a few minutes. But before we do that, I figured since I wasn't on last week, had a lot going on and you guys know that I hate to miss a week. I, I rarely, rarely, rarely miss a week. I was trying to go on a full on just insane week last week trying to get everything done with work, trying to move, help my boyfriend move his condo I know that it sounds trivial, sounds dumb, but there was a lot of shit to do. So I didn't prioritize the podcast last week and hopefully you guys have gotten the chance to catch up on a few old episodes, all that good stuff. And maybe, you know, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll just do a solo episode this week because I don't have the interview ready this week, but I figured you guys do not need another unhinged episode like I had a few solo episodes ago. I was just completely off the walls, but here's the thing. It's kind of the case today. I know that this is just the introduction, but for the podcast today, I just, I got on the mic. The mic was hot. I was feeling it and I'm completely unhinged. I am fueled by so many different things right now, right? So this morning I have had one and a cup, one and a half cups of caffeine. Typically, I am like a three-fourths cup kind of gal or maybe a matcha in the middle of the day. That was just not the case. I was feeling frisky after I trained a client this morning and I went and got a dirty chai with oat milk. Don't at me. It was so fucking good. I'm so into it. So I should have taken it. Actually, why would I take a photo? It was just a, it would have been a very ugly photo. Anyways, we don't need to saturate Instagram anymore with a picture of iced coffee. Can we not? But here we are sitting in a brand new little office space. I've got Mr. Jack behind me, little baby. Hi, little baby. You guys, Jack is my boyfriend's dog, but high key, if shit goes down south with my boyfriend, then I'm taking the dog. And he's probably not even going to like this joke because he's like, you're not taking the dog. I'm like, I'm not seriously going to take the dog. However, I might take the dog. Hopefully nothing goes down south. If it did, you know where he would be. He is so cute. It's J-A-C, Mr. Jack. I don't really put him on the Instagram too much because he's camera shy. And I think it's because of his small legs. So basically, when my boyfriend got this dog, he was like, perfect. I'm getting a black lab. So excited. Man's best friend. Like, we're going to go for runs together. It's going to be awesome. And don't get me wrong. Lab he is. Definitely lab. However, I think 
The mama lab got a little frisky with a basset hound. He was sniffing low to the ground. She was into it. And I think they banged and they made Jack. He is like basset hound lab mix. So it's just like he's just this long shorty and he's so perfect. And I love him. And he smells like lab. And I actually did not like labs before. And I know it's unlikable to say they're like the most likable dogs in the world. But until I met Jack, I was just not a lab person. They're greasy. They Every time you pet them, you have to like wipe your hands off afterwards. And maybe that's just been my experience. But this guy, he has converted me full on. And I will no longer take a full height dog. I would prefer, please, special ordered short leg dogs. They are, he's incredible. He's like a little seal, the way his feet turn out. Anyways. He's fantastic. If you'd like to see a photo, just DM me and I'll send you a million pictures that I have of Jake. Jack. Sorry. Uh, anyways, that's what's going on currently in the room. And in the room above me, we have 4,000 elephants walking around. They are heel, t- heel steppers, what I call them. They're heel toe walkers, you know, heel toe, heel toe, heavy healers upstairs. And I can say this because that is the way I would walk. That's the way I do walk. I would kill myself. If I had to live below me, I walk heel toe, heel toe. I get up at 5 a.m. or, you know, I get up early. I'm a morning person. I'm active in the morning, so I can only fucking imagine living below me. It would be a nightmare. But I swear to you, this is karma working in a weird, mysterious way. Since I've been a heavy stepper, I've lived in multiple apartments. I've lived in different places, but I haven't really lived in that many apartment complexes or condos where I'm above somebody. Maybe, maybe in the house that I'm in right now, we have a lot of hardwood floors, heel step, heel toe, heel toe, heavy as hell. You know, those people that just walk down the hall and you can hear them coming from a mile away. If you're in the bathroom doing something crazy, you could pinch off, wipe, light a match, blow it out, be all good to go, stand there reading a book like nothing ever happened by the time they got there. You would have so much time to do anything before you heard this person coming. That's me. That's why nobody can, nobody ever... I, I always get scared. People scare me all the time. They jump out of corners. They pop out of bushes. They they scare me from doorways. And they're like, ha, I got you. Because they fucking hear me from a mile away. And I drown out my own steps. I can't hear the steps because of how loud the steps are. Does that even make sense? Fully, fully banshee today. All right? Half girl, half banshee. But anyways, I am so excited for today's podcast episode. There's been so much going on. Nourish and Elevate is awesome. Last night, we had our first Zoom call, and I think we have like 40, 50 people who signed up for the program, which I'm fucking pumped about. And also, we're going to be doing this again. I think I'm going to do it like every four months, do a Nourish and Elevate and just kind of amplify it every single time because so far, so good. People have been loving the recipes. People have been uh, telling me that they really liked the Zoom call last night. We had a ton of information on sleep and whole foods, inflammatory foods, what to cut out, and then we did a big-ass Q&A. It was great. That is neither here nor there. You did not hear me. You did not tune in voluntarily to hear me talk about Nourish and Elevate, which whatever. Um, But I do have to plug a couple things, and I want to make sure that everyone is on the ball with their shit. All right. So I wouldn't be able to do a podcast episode in good consciousness. However, I am morally flexible sometimes, you know, but I wouldn't be able to do a podcast episode without talking about Aura Organics. Aura Organics, 
O-R-A. They are my favorite supplement company. I'm not even a big supplement person, but I do believe that with all of the pesticides that we have in our foods, with all of the different types of GMOs, we're not getting the proper soil that we need. We're not getting the natural abundant nutrients that used to come from our food. So we do need to supplement something. So some of the things that I really love about Aura Organics is they are heavy metal testing their protein powders, which I think is huge. Not enough people know and not enough people care to do the research. They're like, hey, can you just tell me a healthy brand of protein powder and I'm going to get it because I trust you? And I was like, okay, perfect. Well, I trust them. And Aura Organics, I always recommend their chocolate protein powder. I think it's fantastic. Boyfriend uses it. My roommates use it. I've used it. It's, it's amazing. Highly recommend. I like to use it with water or almond milk or in a smoothie, but you can do it in oatmeal. You can do it in your chia pudding, wherever. Take it on the go with you. It's fantastic. Definitely get the chocolate flavor or the vanilla. Chai is not really my favorite, but if you like it, it might be really good in your coffee, kind of like mine was this morning, right? So make sure you guys check out Aura Organics or if you need a new probiotic, a new protein powder, or even a greens powder, or a digestive enzyme. They are my favorite. Use the code ELIZAG15 for 15% off at checkout. I use the probiotics every single day, and if you guys struggle with regularity, if you're one of those people that can't really go to the bathroom while you travel, or if you're just one of those people that you don't really get a whole lot of variety in your diet, this would be a really great call for you. So check it out, Aura Organics. Use the code ELIZAG15 for 15% off at checkout. Okay, so let's talk about, I need to talk about something for a moment. All right. So as of late, I definitely have a goal. My goal is big for the podcast and on the docket, fingers crossed, I have one of my dream guests coming on the podcast I never thought that I would have someone who has like this major of a following on the podcast. I'm like, I'm just a one man show help. And I feel like I manifested this and I just really hope that it works out. So send some good juju and I have an ask. All right. This is clearly a labor of love. The podcast you tune in every week to hear my voice, to hear the content, to hear the stories and the conversations, right? All I ask is that you look at your iPhone, and if you have an Android, I really don't know what the fuck to tell you. You can, I, I don't know what that phone looks like, so I can't really give this same type of play-by-play with an Android, but if you have an Android, go ahead and download the podcast app or anywhere you find podcasts and leave a review, all right? Four or five stars would be ideal, anything less, just, you know, don't. Anywho, so go on, I can't believe I just said anywho, bah, gag. Either way, you're hopping on your iPhone. Maybe you're at a stoplight. Maybe you are listening to this while you're on a walk. Take your phone out of your pocket. This is an ask. I'm hyper aware of that. She's asking for something. Oh, why would she ask for something? Just get to the fucking point. I will get to the point as soon as you pull out your phone, Karen, and you take you write a little review on there. It's so, so helpful. So the reason why reviews are so helpful to the podcast, don't skip over this. The reason why reviews are so helpful for the podcast is because when I started this podcast over three years ago, there were, there were like a fifth of the amount of podcasts every day someone new is making a podcast, it's great. You have something to say, say it out loud. But 
what I would also mention is that there are people like myself who have been consistent with the podcast who maybe don't have as big of a following on social media and I'm really trying to build this thing up right? So some people who have, you know, bigger followings on Instagram, bigger brands, they're like, ooh, it'd be fun to make a podcast. And so they make a podcast and just by default, they already have 20, 30, 40,000 downloads per episode. This girl's not there yet. You know, the ratios are good. The numbers are good for my social media following. However, the goal is to grow it right? And so I'm not so much worried about the Instagram followers, but I'm worried about the natural SEO. So the more reviews that you have and the more ratings that you have, the more naturally it's going to show up in search on podcast apps or wherever you find podcasts. So it's not just for my ego. It's not just for anything, but it's a really great way for me to start to recommend the podcast to different media companies, different agencies to start to really build the brand of Hotter Than Health. Would love to someday do like candle merchandise. I would love to someday do a product that I can, you know, really bring people along with and really grow the brand with. It's it's vital to the podcast, to be honest. And without growth, what is life? And my goal is to get better every single day. So if you haven't written a review, please do so. It is so incredibly helpful. It's a little purple app. If you have an iPhone, you're like, oh, I just don't know how to get to it. I'll do it later. Please do it now. You scroll down, you go to the homepage, just swipe down, type in podcast, a little purple app will pop up and you find the podcast, scroll all the way down to the bottom where you see the ratings and reviews. Say write a review. It can be one or two words. That's fine. I just really, really appreciate it in advance. If I could take every phone around me and write a review, which I sometimes do, then I would do it. I will whore myself out for a review. It's that important, right? All right. She's wellness today. I'm off my fucking rocker. Sorry for the cussing. This is not going to be a very cussy episode. This is going to be extremely wholesome. So this is definitely a paradoxical type of intro. I don't normally do stuff like this. You know what I do need to do though? Oh my gosh. Before we get into the episode, this is my last announcement. By God. Crossing. Oh, hey, Jack. You're so sweet. He stirred. All right. Before we get into today's episode, I know what I need to do. So like I said, I have had one and a half cups of coffee. I'm unwell. I'm jitterbug. I'm going to be bothering my boyfriend later. He's off work early and we are going to move furniture. And honestly, he probably wants me to be this jacked up because I'm going to have to move a fucking four post bed frame and I'm probably going to be able to do it on my own. I feel like I'm going to be just like a work horse, like a pack mule today, like loaded on me. I'm good to go. I feel no pain. I'm going to go and take some of my CBD right? So I have been working with a CBD distillery, CB distillery. They are an organic, amazing CBD brand. I am obsessed with the brands that I got. The reason that I think that they're fantastic is because there is such a saturation in the CBD market right now. And you, you don't know who to trust. Everyone slaps the name CBD on their label and they can automatically charge 70 bucks for it. But What you really need is to be able to understand that it's coming from a high quality source and making sure that it's actually being activated by some type of small amount of THC. It does not get you high. It is non-addictive. It is non-habit forming. I've been using the sleep oil and the 
recovery oil. So I'll use the recovery oil in my coffee or under my tongue throughout the day. And then once I'm done with that, at night, right before I go to bed, I put the sleep oil under my tongue. My boyfriend uses it. I use it. Mr. Jack uses it and he doesn't even know it. So it's safe for everybody, non-habit forming. And I'm truly, truly obsessed with this brand. I like that they're no bullshit. It's not like they're on Instagram trying to like hawk a bunch of stuff at you. They're there with the facts and they're there with the information. And that's what I like. Lead with science. Show me something. I don't need to see all these awesome, beautifully branded CBD companies that actually don't do shit for you. So if you're struggling with sleep or if you just enjoy that extra cup of coffee throughout the day, but you don't want to crash from the caffeine, this is your product. Or maybe you have a little bit of anxiety. Same. Sometimes I wake up and I'm just riddled with anxiety throughout the day. So I know I need to minimize my coffee and then I know I need to maximize a little bit of CBD. The awesome thing about CBD is that you kind of have to do it every day not have to, but a few times a week. So the more you're going to do it, the more your body is going to tolerate it. And the more your body is going to be a naturally receptive to the cannabinoids. So I highly recommend going ahead, getting your CBD. If you already use some, or maybe your husband is having a tough time sleeping, maybe your wife is, maybe your partner is, whatever, maybe you just are, go ahead, have it on the nightstand. If they're like, no, I don't want to do that shit then how about this? Here's a trick. You start taking it. You wake up so refreshed. You yawn. Your big like cat yawn. "Mm, I'm so refreshed. I slept so hard last night. So great. So calm. Didn't wake up with crazy thoughts in the middle of the night and that kept me up. You start taking it and then you'll trick your partner into being like, hmm, maybe that doesn't sound so bad. So you don't have to push it on anybody. However, they're going to start stealing your CBD I highly recommend going ahead and getting a bottle or two. Make sure you check out CB Distillery and use my code ELIZAG15 for 15% off at checkout. You're not going to see this good of a deal um, for long. So just make sure that you're checking out CB Distillery. I use them every single day. Boyfriend uses them. Dog uses them. Gifted it to a bunch of people already, and I'm so into it. All right. CB Distillery, ELIZAG15. And without further ado... Let me introduce to you our amazing guest for today. So today we have Sadie Lincoln on the podcast. She is a co-founder and CEO of Bar3. She's building a community to uh, really just make sure that people are staying positive in their bodies. She focuses on inclusivity. She's based in Portland, Oregon, where she is working at their headquarters day in, day out, building over 400 locations. They are incredible. They are global. And her story is fantastic. She always knew that she had a vision of something bigger and better. And she knew that she wanted to make this about the community, the connection, and the intuition. Um, Today on my Instagram, I did a ask me any nutrition, wellness, and health question. And I had so many women who said, you know, I've been working out a ton, but I just feel really inflamed in my body. I feel like I'm gaining weight by working out more. And then a lot of other people say that their stomach is really swelling after their workouts, or they're feeling extreme amounts of anxiety after their workouts, or they're having hormone imbalances. They have, you know, all of these different issues that are coming from fitness. But really, Sadie kind of turns that conversation on its head and says, we need to go with our instincts and Even if you're one of the few dudes who tunes into this podcast, or maybe you're a dude listening to your wife, 
this is real stuff. This is not woo-woo, super holistic type of thing. This is all science-based and it's all research-based as well. And I think that that's why her program, her community, and Bar 3 has really just turned this industry upside down and it's they've they were ahead of the curve through covid more and more people were interested in low intensity low impact workouts that they could do at home and unknowingly they were serving their body by listening to doing what they wanted to do as opposed to the shoulds the heavy crazy intensity workouts which are fine to do but there isn't much balance so sadie helps people really tap into their bodies by giving them permission to be who they are, to be present, and to be accepting of where they are in the world, in their journey, in their weight loss, in their self-love, in whatever they're trying to accomplish. And she really just takes the pressure off of fitness and makes it a really beautiful community and space to be in. So without further ado, you guys are going to absolutely love this episode uh, with Sadie Lincoln. I hope you enjoy. All right, Sadie, thank you so much for being here on the Hotter Than Health podcast. Um, I just barely met you a moment ago, and I'm already so excited to hear more about your story. Um, So if you could give a quick introduction, bio, um, and then we can get into how you built this life for yourself and this uh, this massive corporation and following and community. Thank you. First of all, it's so nice to talk to you and see you on Zoom here. <laughs> um, well, uh, bio, I'm um, sitting here in Portland, Oregon. This is our Bar 3 headquarters. My husband and I are co-founders. We started Bar 3 in 2008, August of 2008, and we've raised our company alongside our kids who are now 15 and 17. Um, and we've grown it into a 177, um, studio operation, all owned and operated by women. And we have a digital platform now that reaches subscribers in close to a hundred countries, uh, with our class. That's the epicenter of what we do is we teach people to be both balanced in body and empowered from within. So the bar three class combines strength, conditioning, cardio, and mindfulness. Um, That's really important to us. And I think what people know the most about bar three, uh, what we hear a lot is how we empower every client to modify. And we really elevate the modification of a move um, because when you modify a move, you are literally and figuratively standing up for yourself and building a congruent relationship with exercise. And we teach clients how to do that. Um, and we've do that in a way that's really body positive. And basically, you know, we feel like we didn't grow a company. We've really, we're part of a movement. We just happen to be the platform that attracts people to this common value of, working out to be alive and present and honest in our bodies as they are. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I'm so, it's so refreshing to hear someone speaking about the fitness industry, not coming from a grind hustle mentality. 
as much as a um, a mindfulness perspective. Obviously, there is there are the long hours, especially when building the business. You know, you you really you did hustle, you did grind, you did do all these things, but that doesn't always need to be translated in the workout room in your fitness. Um, it doesn't always have to be this tough, intense perception game. Um, I actually, I was just mentioning to you before we started recording that I did one of your classes online and one of the instructors in the very beginning of class, she, she was, you know, giving the spiel about the class, getting us all excited. And then she said something along the lines of any modification you take is the ultimate form of self-care. So do whatever you need to do. And I was like, okay. Cause I was just, I don't know if I was just menstrual and I was like, I don't want to be doing this crazy class. And she said that, and it made me feel everything. I, normally I would just push through a certain movement, but I was like, if I put my knee down, then I'll feel it a little bit more, you know? So mm-hmm. it was a really beautiful, um, a really beautiful space that you carried for a lot of people. So I, know this from your story, not from you personally, but I just can't wait to hear from you. But you began this bar three idea after having been in the corporate fitness world for so many years, working your ass off. And I want to hear about what called you to step away from that corporate world and build your own dream life and what you thought was missing in this community? Yeah, I worked for a 24-hour fitness for a little over a decade, and it was an incredible opportunity for me to work alongside the founder and then CEO, Mark Masterov, who Mm. taught me so much about, he built his own company. He started with a $15,000 loan from his grandmother and grew it to be a 430 global um, unit owned operation throughout the wow. world. I mean, um, he's, he's an incredible entrepreneur and I really enjoy, I really loved, I was enamored with the fitness industry. I had discovered it in college and just loved the idea that I could make a living around helping people be healthy. Like mm-hmm. that just seemed like such a, a wonderful career. But while I was at 24 hour fitness, I just didn't feel a part of it. It felt like I was, when I would go to the gym, I was visiting sort of a foreign country or like a different planet. And so you were working um, out every single day though, with that you were working out all the time. I worked out a lot. I taught spinning and the financial district in 24 fitness at 6am for many years, um, you know, before going to work. Cause I had a corporate job at the 24 fitness headquarters, but yeah, I taught classes. I taught body pump. I taught step. I taught, oh gosh, I don't know. A lot of different formats, um, kickboxing. Um, and then I was also doing like trail runs and I was just like Uber. I had a personal training trainer, um, from 24 hour fitness, you know, obviously I had access to anything I wanted when it came to fitness. Uh, we had supplement programs and I was drinking shakes and I was on different diet programs based on my measurements and my goals and, and what kind of after picture I wanted to get to, because that's the model that we were selling at 24 hour fitness. Um, when you came in through the sales program, it's like, well, what do you really want? What do you want for your body? What do you want to look like 
after working out? How many days a week do you want to work out so you can get there? Like it was a, a, a formula that we were selling, which is to this day, gyms do it. Yeah. That's how fitness, that's how we've all learned fitness. We all associate fitness as a way to become something other than we are so that we are worthy, attractive, winning, sexy, successful, um, you know, whatever the thing is we, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that's why we buy fitness. Um, and the problem with that, first of all, fitness is super good for you. I mean, that was a cool thing with 24 fitness. I was trained and I went through all kinds of wonderful training and learned all about the science behind fitness and how truly important it is for all of us and how sedentary most of us are and how unhealthy most of us all are. Um, fitness is good for you. What's not good for you. And what wasn't good for me at 24 hour fitness. And it's not 24 hour fitness's fault. It's our society is my relationship with fitness. Wasn't good inherent in the message that I need fitness to become the after picture, which is in the future. And by the way, that's imagined, right? You, the future hasn't happened yet. It's imagined. It's impossible to become the future. And there is built in shame into that equation. There is no presence in the before and after picture. Yeah. And so we're all on the treadmill looking at how many calories we're burning and if our heart rate's up at the right moment and how many minutes we're going so that we can check that box to get to the after picture versus being on the treadmill and just having a noticing practice of, wow, my heart's really beating. My, I feel like the brain, my, my brain fog is lifting a little bit. And wow, I, I feel pain in my thighs, but wow, I can do so much with that. My body can do so much. Like that's a difference of running on a treadmill with mindfulness and present moment awareness versus running on a treadmill to get to a certain calorie burn. Cause I just ate half of a um, apex bar or a nutrition bar, you know? Um, That's so true. And, That's so true mm-hmm. because so many people, and especially now it's built into our watches, our phones. If we don't close a circle, then we're failing. If we don't do X, Y, and Z, we're failing. And I understand that there's definitely intention behind movement and breath work and all that good stuff. I'm, I'm a fan of that, but it's so true. There are so many people, I'm very guilty of it myself. I'm sure you can relate to this is when you're on a treadmill or you are working out and you're looking at your watch and it's tracking your calories. And it says, you know, maybe you burn 240 calories. I automatically bring that number into the rest of my day and say, well, I only burned 247 calories at the gym. So I probably shouldn't be having this meal that I know is 600 calories. So caloric deficit, like it is all an equation. And then it did not become about the workout. It becomes about my failure. Yeah, that's That's right. And it's a disassociative experience. We, we pull our feelings and sensation and, and honesty out of the equation. Like we're not in the moment in our bodies when we're thinking about the calculation, there's nothing wrong with measuring where we are and what we're doing. Um, I think that we need to do that and exercise to be present, alive and honest in our bodies. And, you know, another example I give that I think is such a disservice is what the common tagline you hear or the hook to join a fitness program after having a child is to bounce back. 
So we just had a baby, you know, I just had a baby. My body is completely altered. I mean, it is so raw and so hard on so many levels and so beautiful and so wonderful. It's everything all in one. And I'm being told by society to bounce back. And in order to do that, I need this so-and-so fitness program. You will never, ever bounce back. There is shame built into that equation again, because it's impossible and because we're taught that we all think there's something wrong with us. Like, oh, I can't fit into my skinny jeans anymore. And it's been three months. Like, ugh, you're I hate also, my body. You're, you know? you're being asked. It's literally impossible. You're trying to go back to a body that didn't have a baby, but you have a baby. <laughs> like there's, there's no physical way that you are it's, now a person that has a baby. It's disempowering. It's disempowering. Um, one of the things we're doing at bar three is, well, we, we love moms. I mean, we, we've focused on moms from day one, we have childcare in all of our studios, except for just a couple of them. Um, we have moms that work out all the way through their pregnancy. And then when they can, they come back and at home, they're doing our prenatal programs. And like, we're really investigating. And by the way, talking to these women, like we listen, we don't just invent these programs in a lab. We're like, we're like, listening to real women and what they need. And it's so jarring as a fit-minded woman to work out through your whole pregnancy. And then all of a sudden be at home with a newborn and not have the tools to be empowered in your body. And so those first minutes, days, hours after having a baby is when we want to help women. And it, it's not with like exercise. It's like taking deep breaths, opening up your chest. So you can um, good ergonomic ways to hold your child while you're breastfeeding, like, um, and more of the mental thing, like how can you truly feel balanced in body and empowered from within right now in this precious raw, yes, very hard moment, um, versus fighting it and, and, and having exercise be a fight with your body towards something else. And I, I think that's the other thing we hear from women all the time is that, Oh my gosh, before I found bar three exercise was a fight with my body. Every single time I stepped in, I would just like fight my body. <laughs> and that's, there is even like a lot of language that's sort of violent in fitness. Um, and that stuff seeps in. And what are some examples of what you hear? Cause I agree. Like I recently in October, left my job in the fitness industry. I still personal train a couple clients, but I'm focusing on nutrition, mindfulness, and the podcast. And I, I would hear, I hear it more retrospectively than anything. What are some of the main things that you hear from women who come in who have this strong desire to feel confident and empowered, but only know the box? They only know gym, squat, workout, what you know, whatever it may be, wherever they came from. What are some of the main things that you hear specifically from women right now? Well, first of all, we hear what you said at the beginning of this episode is thank you for giving me permission to modify. I needed that permission because I know that's right for me. Like I'm better than this. Like women are always saying, I, I've always thought that like, why aren't I like, why do I have to copy the instructor when, when I really need something different for my body in that moment? But I don't want to, I want to be a part of this group and this dynamic, but I need to do something for myself. I've always, I've always known that's right. 
Yeah. I want to be guided. I want to be inspired. I want to be pushed out of my comfort zone. We call it brave space where you're just outside of your comfort zone, where your body is growing and changing. That's like a growth mindset. Like that's where you grow. It's the sand in the oyster that makes the pearl that little bit of rub. But what happens with fitness, and this is the unlearning that we have to do with clients and, and with ourselves, it's a daily practice because we've been taught this since we were born. Basically, we have to unlearn things like no pain, no gain. So we will hear clients say, oh, that wasn't hard enough. It didn't hurt enough, you know, and then we'll ask them, well, where do you hurt when you do boot camp burpees? Oh, my shoulders, my wrists, like everything. And my body is just on fire. I'm like, well, do you, you don't really want to hurt those areas. <laughs> yes. You want to feel a deep muscle burn, but you don't want to trigger any negative pain in your joints. Mm-hmm. And we teach clients that there are two main reasons why people fail fitness and it's pain in their joints. So wrists, shoulders, knees, hips, low back, neck, uh, ankles, feet. Um, there's a pain in those areas. And then the second is shame. So we take out pain and shame, but that doesn't mean it's an easy workout. It's challenging, but it's, it's challenging, challenging in an empowering way. Yeah. Like I was on fire, but I knew that one, I knew it was temporary. And two, I knew that it wasn't something I couldn't do. I never felt like I couldn't do it ever. And and it was because there was no comparison. There was, I wasn't looking at anybody else. And so many of these big, and I've been in big, big boutique fitness studios where it is, and I'm guilty of it too, as a coach, it's, you know, I would hear different people say like, earn your, earn your dinner or like uh, it's bikini season or all these different things. And I am a huge movement is so important. Non, no argument there. It's so important. But when we hear these things and you just said it perfectly that we have to unlearn what we've been conditioned to do, people don't realize that it takes a hundred times more work to unlearn something than it does to learn something, you know? Yeah. And instead of work, I like to say practice practice. Yep. Because there's something more fluid in that, whatever it is we practice, we become, you know, you can practice playing the piano every day, you become a pretty good pianist, right? Uh, If you practice unlearning and becoming empowered every day, you become pretty good at being empowered. And I think that's what most of us want at the end of the day. That's why we're working out is to feel good feel good in our bodies as they are in this moment. Cause this is the only moment we really will ever know mm-hmm. is right now. Like, I don't know what tomorrow is. That's I know what right now is. And the other thing to point out is I I'm sure values wise, everyone listening to this is nodding their head and you can kind of feel it in your heart. But the other thing is to look at the data. The data is clear. The way we have approached fitness does not work as our industry is on the, you know, upper right-hand corner, $34 billion industry. When you add in wellness, it's North of 4 trillion. Our health is on the decline. The vast majority of us that even people who do exercise struggle with fitness, 91% of women in North America report body dissatisfaction, 91% of us eating disorders are alarmingly on the rise it's normal for young women to have an eating disorder. There is something wrong with that. Like 
diabetes too, lifestyle illnesses, all these things that we know fitness helps are increasing. Um, so how we're doing it, just when you look at the data, it's just not working. Like it's, it's time to change the story yeah. and you know, how we're doing it is through those two things, taking pain and shame out of the equation. Um, and I think there is a movement beyond bar three around body empowerment and, and fitness, which is incredibly hopeful uh, totally. for all of us. Totally. And I think that right now, even just on social media and from conversations I'm having with people in the industry, there is this, you can see this shift happening where people are trying to find the happy medium between total body positivity, non-diet culture, while still having healthy meals and healthy movement. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I never want to use, oh, well, my body is so positive that I never have to move or my, you know, so I never want to give that complete, you know, I never want to put fitness on the back burner for anybody just because it's so important. But so when you're saying, you know, this isn't working for people, it sounds, it sounds like diet culture. It sounds like this rigid structured box. What are some, what are some thoughts that you previously had when you recognized that this just wasn't working for you? You felt disassociated when you went into the gym. What were some of those thoughts that you have that you used to have versus what are some of the thoughts that you have right now? as someone who is able to fully articulate the way they're feeling in association with their body? That first of all, giving myself a giant break because it's a practice every day to remember that I have the answers and I know what's right for my body. Um, that's being an empowered woman, right? And so just taking a moment to take a deep breath, kind of get centered and just ask myself, like, first of all, body scan, like, how do I feel today? Oh, my, my low back was a little creaky. When I got up this morning, I have some neck tension. Um, I feel kind of antsy. Like I want to burn off some steam. Um, ugh, I'm stressed out about my kids right now with COVID. You just kind of do this, like, and then it's like, okay, what do I need right now? You know what? I need a foam roll a little bit. Uh, take some deep breaths, um, maybe do a 10 minute bar three workout. I want to feel strong, but I'm going to go outside today and do a hike because I need to burn off steam. It's like just match exercise to you versus I'm going to copy this program because I need to burn this many calories today because I ate this many for breakfast. See mm -hmm. that difference? It's like a complete mind. It's like a mindset shift. Um, when you, when I exercise now, it's an exercise of body wisdom. It's not an exercise of getting anywhere. It's an exercise of learning, like being curious about my body and how far I can take it out of comfort uh, without going into kind of panic zone. Yeah. Um, I think that we lose, we've lost the curiosity. Mm -hmm. We want so badly for um, uh, someone to just say, this is what to do. We've almost become too scared of our natural instincts to let our bodies tell us what we need because we don't trust our natural instincts. We don't trust them. And what's so crazy is going, and I'm kind of just realizing this, going back to what you just said about you guys cater a lot to women who are pregnant or will be or have been. And that is when you are most in tune with your instincts. Yes. yes. So you go from 
being in this world of not trusting your own instincts to then having to rely on your instincts to keep something alive inside of you that you've never even seen before. And you don't even realize you're doing it. I can't imagine. And then as soon as you're done with that, of course, your maternal instincts are on, but you still have to try and you almost have to go back to the norm of not trusting your body, but you're like, but I don't want to go back. You're gravitating naturally towards lower impact movements. Nobody delivers a baby and the next day is like, I hope I can go to CrossFit tomorrow, you know? Um, so. <laughs> but they might want to, cause that's where they have community. Exactly. So you have to have, you have to give yourself grace. Um, oh my gosh. You so nailed it on the head. When I became pregnant with my first child, that was my big awakening is this is an entry point into self-awareness and true body wisdom. And because it is so organic and so instinctual, and if you give yourself permission to listen, but you don't need to be pregnant to have that kind of permission. You really can develop that every single day as a practice and a practice of, you know, we always say we're more of an education company than we are a fitness company, because it really is about a growth mindset, just learning with curiosity. And, and it's not always about feeling good in your body. That's the other thing is like, just being honest and sitting with the feeling of not being good in your body, not, not numbing it or brushing it aside, but actually sitting in the feeling of, oh, I don't feel good in my body today. Oh, what is that all about? I'm just going to sit here and just feel what that's like to not feel good in my body. And by doing that, you release, you, you realize, oh, I am not my emotions. I am not my thoughts. Um, I am my body. Now, what can I do for myself in the most loving compassionate way as if i'm treating my body like my dearest dearest friend or child or lover you know mm -hmm. um i think sometimes when we have those negative feelings we're so we're disgusted with ourselves for having the negative feelings in the first place and then we just want to cover it up and go like you know beat ourselves up with exercise um yeah, yeah. and it becomes it, like you said we beat ourselves up i mean it becomes no longer a form of practice or self-care it does become punishment and it becomes a almost an ex not an excuse but it's always just something to accomplish and i always yeah. tell people you don't have to do more to be more but i mean i think it's nice to go out and go for a long walk if you're feeling anxious or go move your body. But I also tell people, I'm like, you do not have to match your workouts to your state of mind right now. And in a, in a way that's similar to what you said, I know I just said the inverse, but if you're feeling super stressed out and you wake up anxious, you don't have to go do a, a stressful workout. workout. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You probably need the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing I want to underline, underscore highlight and in all bold, all caps, to everybody is we are all high performers. We are doing those things in the name of getting a result, right? The reason we want to do a stressful workout is to get a result. Yeah. That's it. What I am, what I want to shout from the rooftops to myself and to all of you every single day is that doesn't work. The data is clear. The way we've been approaching fitness in the name of getting a result does not work. Mm -hmm. And we were told it does. We're sold pictures that it does. 
and we're, we, we buy into that mentality, but the truth is, and I've studied women specifically because that's who, um, we're around the most of our three, just by chance, um, the healthiest, most fit, vibrant, healthy, happy women are the ones who have figured out how to change their relationship with exercise. They aren't the ones with the no pain, no gain mentality mm-hmm. or that buy into stupid quotes, like sweat is your fat crying, you know, or, you know, abs of steel or all these ridiculous things that yeah. we all know better, you know, and- um, and even with that, it helps it, it, you become a happier person. And I do believe that confidence comes from when you make a commitment to yourself and you keep it. So when you say, I want to move my body every single day, that's a whole hell of a lot easier than for 15 minutes a day, 25 minutes a day, than saying, I'm going to go to this many classes per week, high intensity, because I know that that burns fat. I think that having a good variety of things is always beautiful. Knowing how to move your body in weird ways sometimes can be beautiful. Um, being able to hold some weight. I think that that's really important, but I think that it goes back to your body will tell you when it wants to hold that weight. It will tell you when it wants to go for a walk. It'll tell you when it wants to sleep. But so many times, and this just comes from my clients specifically, they will wake up at four in the morning after getting six hours of sleep just so that they can go hit that crazy workout before their day starts. And it's, it's so backwards. And because their cortisol then rises and then you don't metabolize as well. And you're back at square one, right? There is science to back up all this. And, and I would add that having a coach like you is important. Like there is a difference between intuition and honoring your body. Um, that takes time and it takes skill and having teachers around you who can give you permission and teach you how to align your body, how to modify, how to move in a way that's congruent with health and, and your goals Mm -hmm. is really important. So it's not just about, Oh, what should I do today? I mean, it really is good to have people around you to push you who are educated and who you resonate with. Um, you know, we all need that. Yeah. And having people, it's, it's nice to have that person who's going to kick your ass sometimes. Like you can laugh at yeah. and have a good time. You can be sore the next day and then also be open to go take a, a bar class and know that you, you can do like squats on a Monday, bar class, yoga, walk. There's so many, there is endless opportunities in the fitness world. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, especially through quarantining and COVID and all these things, in the past year, I have never seen so many amazing people doing low impact, like Matt Pilates, bar, deep stretching. I've never seen so much low impact in my life. Reason being cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, which we need to survive, but we need it. It's the same as any other hormone. If it's out of whack and it's too high, that's when you're only gaining weight in the midsection and you're feeling super insecure about that. And then you think it's your gut health and then all these different things. Like there, like you said, is so much science behind this, but truly on the horizon as someone personally, who you have created a low impact movement movement, um, what do you see in the next five years for the low impact movement movement? (laughs) 
Well, I think that you're right. I think that this last year in quarantine, those many people who didn't believe that low impact worked, quote unquote, got us to the result, have learned uh, that it's very productive. And, you know, I, the like saying, I keep saying, but it's so true is we've all learned to be at home in our bodies, literally at home and in our bodies, we can't run from them right now. And so I don't know about you, but I know I've, I've like, gosh, I so appreciate like looking at that beautiful spider web, like I'm slowing down, you know, and like, what do I really need to be healthy? Like, it's just so clear now. Like if I have a glass of wine after 8 PM, I don't sleep as well. Um, I need to be outside in the fresh air every day. I, um, I do need strength. Wow. I really need upper body strength. Like that's so important for sitting at my desk and, um, opening up my chest and my upper back and my lats need to be stronger. You know, I feel like we're all learning so much about our bodies because we're not running from them this Mm -hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And I think that movement will forever change our industry. Um, I low impact, high intensity is very, very effective. It's an effective way to take out pain, negative pain in your body. And it's an effective way to develop a healthy relationship with exercise and to mm-hmm. move your life forward. Mm-hmm. Even more important than low impact is mindfulness, combining traditional fitness with mindfulness. And I think we've all, again, been conditioned that mindfulness, you need to be a yogi or, um, you know, a monk sitting on a mountain or, you know, whatever it is. But the truth is mindfulness is simply about learning to notice your body in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's simple, but hard because our, our thoughts tend to hijack us out of our bodies, even while exercising. But if, if we can all think of exercise as a practice of being present and no, a noticing practice, um, then that low impact suddenly feels more intense because you're in your body. You're actually moving. Yeah. Really intense, like deep muscle burn, heart rate elevated, um, in a challenging, but empowering way. Mm-hmm. Uh, even doing, I'll sometimes do Melissa Woodhealth or the Pilates class or now bar three of all these different at home workouts, because obviously you're limited with gym equipment. We don't have a full gym here. Clearly, you know, right. Limited. Um, but of course, in the beginning, you take this class because you're like, okay, I just want to move my body, but like, I don't want it to be that hard, but you can make it very challenging for yourself. If you just close your eyes and think, okay, I'm doing a squat. I know this is supposed to be for my butt. Feel your butt, focus your energy in your mind on your butt. Don't overthink it, but only think about it, that type of thing. Um, and it's, I completely agree. I've kind of given up on this whole, I need a big butt type thing. I just want it to be nice and strong. (laughs) You know, I don't need it to be this crazy thing that I once wanted five years ago. Um, you just mentioned something. So being at home so much this year, you mentioned recognizing things that you can do to make your body feel really powerful and confident and then things that maybe aren't serving you. So you mentioned being outside in fresh air. So you're in Oregon. Yes. Yes. Full time. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm, it's so beautiful there. My family's in Portland as well. It's just, it's incredible. Um, and so much lush nature. So what would you recommend to somebody who is also feeling like, 
oh, well, Sadie lives in Oregon. Of course she can go outside. Look, it's great. I live in New York in the concrete jungle or XYZ. Maybe they're in a place where they can't just access beautiful outside. What are some nice mindfulness practices that help you root down and get excited and confident and aware? Well, we all have the same sun that rises and sets and we all have the same moon and we can watch the phases of the moon. We all have a sky we can look at that. Um, you know, I, I really do think looking up is huge. Um, we are on screens all the time too much, and it's such a simple practice just to go outside and look at the sunrise in the morning. If you can find it, I I'm sitting here in my attic. I can see like a teensy little bit of the sunrise, but barely, but it, I can at least see, you know, I can hear the different birds waking up in, in different layers and yeah. the sky changing different colors. Um, you know, being outside and just being with nature reminds us to that. I'm all right right now. Like the body will evolve, nature evolves. There's a natural rhythm to everything. And I think that's really comforting right now with COVID because we all feel out of control, but there's such certainty in the sunrise and a sunset, you know? And speaking of Portland, like <laughs> honestly, it sucks right now. It is gray and rainy. The rest of the country is on spring break. It is, I'm looking out my window. It is gray and rainy and blustery and cold. Um, we're in Charleston but, and it's, I mean, it's 80 today. It's oh, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine putting on flip-flops right now. Like I have a shawl on, I have, you know, my hot tea. I no. and I will find a moment today when it, there's a little clearing and it is my priority to get outside. And I have two rescue dogs, which help me motivate me to get outside every day. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's critical. It's critical. So, um, so I would love to, chat with you about so you created bar three and since i was doing my own research um i noticed that you you went in with a business plan to grow it you didn't want to just go in with this passion and only have this one sole studio you were like i, I definitely have a vision and i want to grow it mm-hmm. um so can you talk about your transition from the corporate world into something that you felt so passionate about like going from your corporate world, if, if someone from the inside out or outside in looked in, they would have thought you had this mo a perfect life. Um, you know, <laughs> from what I could understand. And then you went in and you were like, you had this burning passion to do something else, get out. So you and your husband planned, um, a new life. Can you talk about that transition a little? Yeah. But first let's go back to the perfect life thing. Cause I think that's even more <laughs> juicy. Um, And I I think even on these podcasts, it sounds like such a fairy tale, right? Mm -hmm. There is, it's over and over again, as I get older, I'm 48 years old now. What you see on the outside is not what's going on on the inside. It is a human condition to struggle. And there's so much shame around that. Like every, all of us who are struggling silently, right? Quietly struggling, even though we have the career, we have the Instagram, we have the kids, we have the house, whatever it is, you finally get there. Right. And, but you're struggling and there's shame in that there. I think there can be shame in that. And, 
Um, So I think it's really important for me to just voice and be completely honest and candid that I have struggled a lot with my self-esteem, with my own image of myself, um, with intimacy, with creating really strong relationships and friendships um, with my team as a boss, not being liked, being judged, um, you know, um, my marriage, being a mother, wondering if I should have stayed home with them. If I took too much time outside of the house and what's it like to have a mom who's a public figure? Did I mess them up? Like there's no matter what story you have, we all struggle. And I think that's just so, 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 so important. Um, but back to your question, I, that's so we, yeah. all of yeah. that is so beautiful. And we have a lot of people who are, you know, thinking about becoming mothers and wanting to be mothers or they're, or they're single right now and they have this career and they still feel shame, even though perception is not reality. Yeah. Perception is just not reality. And then you become a mother and it's, I'm not a good enough mother. And oh my God, my kid is biting that kid on the playground. And I shouldn't, and she has a, I brought peanut butter into the school. I wasn't supposed to be eating peanut butter and she's eating gluten-free. Should I be eating gluten-free? And my kid is bullying. Is your kid bullying? I mean, it's like never ending. Yeah. Um, but we need to support each other in that and just admit all of us that it's a human conditional condition to struggle. And it is also a human condition to want to be loved and to want to belong. And I think so many of our unconscious motivations are around trying to belong and to be seen and to be valued. And um, for me, I, for many years thought, well, in order to belong and be seen and valued, I need to create something amazing that everybody loves and that's going to change their lives. And then I'll have made my mark, then I'll be worthy. And that's not the truth. That's not, I did that. Here I am 1.5 million people enter bar three every, every year and go through an amazing experience. Like it's, it's the data, like I'm doing that, but that's not what makes me happy. The only thing that's made me feel truly like loved and like I belong is my own, um, practice of compassion towards myself. That's the only thing I can truly control is a practice of self-compassion and being honest with myself. And I do that through movement. Um, I do it in stillness and in journaling and with therapy and that kind of thing. But I also do it with movement. Every time I movement, I move every time I exercise, I'm like, my intention is to love on my body. Like she is my dearest friend and I'm going to take such good care of her, um, because she matters so much. And that is for me, been the only thing that's really worked. And so when people look from the outside and see the resume and the business and the, this and the, that, um, celebrities, all the people that we look to just remember that the the true thing that'll make Jennifer Lopez happy is the practice of self-compassion. Um, we don't know what's going on in her real world. Right. I don't know why I thought of her, but I think she's kind of badass. So, um, like she's, I'm glad that you thought of her or Alicia keys. Her memoir is a really great memoir to pick up. She talks about this a ton in her memoir. I forget what it's called. We'll have to um, I'll link it in the show notes, but it's, yeah, she totally a- talks about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she made it right. She totally made it, but it wasn't that it, her practice of being successful, quote unquote, is, was finding her authentic truth and being in her own skin and, and, and honoring who she was outside of her success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. 
I love that. And, and so now you are in Portland and, and so you said it's mostly, it's all female owned. So you and your hut, your husband is the only owner, co-owner of any of the studios. He's the only. Well, Chris and I own six of our own studios. Okay. And then the other 170 something studios are, are owned by women who franchise with us. And many of them have partners on um, who identify as male. So there are definitely men. And then we have really incredible um, male identifying team members. Um, the thing that bonds us all is our desire to support and empower women. So yeah. it's not just about women. It's about people who share that value. Yes. Well, I was, um, I was thinking about this earlier. You clearly went into this knowing you were wanting to grow, but did you ever realize that you would go to other countries with this? Did you realize how big it was going to be when you made bar three or created the concept? Well, one of our first uh, partners was in the Philippines and that was not in our business plan, <laughs> but it happened. And so I knew it was going to be big. If I'm to be honest, I just had an, a feeling that I wasn't alone and that this was going to resonate and that, um, bar in general is so intense, but low impact. And I knew that that wasn't going to be a trend. It wasn't like a gimmick. It was, it was real like Pilates or yoga, which yoga is still the fastest growing and most um, ubiquitous boutique concept in the world because of that it's mindful and it's low impact. Right. So we know this works. So I knew all that. And then the rest was just painting the picture every day, like painting in the, the lines. Right. Um, and being open to changing directions and being a little more fluid as like the Manila opportunity in the Philippines came or digital came, you know, we started doing digital online in 2011. Oh, and so you had that platform before COVID. And so yes. do you feel so were you, was that a seamless transition almost when you, yeah, we're really lucky. We had just invested a bunch in 2019 to replatform our digital product online, which that was lucky. Had we known COVID was coming, we definitely would have done that. We obviously didn't know. Um, so we have a beautiful online platform with collections and we're now releasing, um, three to four workouts a week. We have live stream now online. We have incredible trained talent. As you mentioned, you, you know, you loved your instructor. Everybody teaches with the same approach, but mm -hmm. there's diversity of body types, gender, race, like that's all very important to us. Um, and then where, where we really pivoted, um, about a year ago was all of our owners, our franchisees who have a studio had to close their doors. And so they all started to teach live stream classes, which is different than our digital platform. Awesome. And what, what's been really interesting and not surprising to me is that their clients chose their live stream product, which is basically zoom it's lo-fi compared to our beautiful premium product over our digital product because they wanted the emotional connection with their community and their instructors that they loved. Um, that was more important to them than like bells and whistles. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of our owners. They have done a freaking amazing job. Uh, we have only closed uh, two total studios all year and they, those studios were probably gonna close pre-COVID. Um, we have, um, you know, just been so resilient because of the authentic emotional connection they have with their clients and their communities. 
Congratulations. That's massive. I know so many studios right now are struggling and and whether it was because they didn't have the funding to like fully transition to online or by the time they did get the money, their clients had gone elsewhere or, you know, so touching on that, you mentioned community was so important for anyone who is working remote right now for anybody who is just, maybe they're not working remote, maybe their lifestyle is pretty much the same, but they feel like they don't have a sense of community. They don't mm -hmm. have a group to lean on. They don't have a group that they completely feel themselves with. Maybe they have like a sibling or two, but it's not there. It's not the same thing. It's not like their thing. So what would you say to someone who's craving a sense of community other than join bar three, but what is something that you would recommend to them, you know, on a personal level or physical? I think one thing that always brings me joining gratitude is helping other people. Um, you know, whether it's the neighbor bringing the neighbor groceries, an elderly neighbor, or offering to walk their dog, or um, you know, connecting some some way um, with people around you that way um, is a is and it's especially good for introverts or people who are awkward in social situations. I think we, I'm I'm and my husband calls me a closet introvert. I'm actually quite introverted. And so those kinds of actions, um, you know, feel good. Um, but I, I would say finding a fitness community that you connect with, whether it's bar three or something else, because moving in a group environment, which we can do online with Zoom, is proven to make you feel a sense of community and connection. Um, there's a really great book called The Joy of Movement by Kelly McGonigal. Uh, and she talks about the neuroscience behind that, that when we move in group, we build community and connection and we, we fight lonely. And that's what, why Chris and I started bar three was to fight lonely. We knew that loneliness is as much a predictor of our longevity as smoking is it's real. Like if you're you feel true. lonely, know that you're not alone. Like most of us feel lonely. Like I think a conscious practice of fighting it is really important. That's awesome. That's awesome. And coming from someone who you you clearly have gone through all of those phases and that's why you can relate so well and you've also really niched it's so overused now the term but niched down you've really found people that are your people and the more you stick to that type of person and you are secure in your message to those people the more that you are the more that you invite people in because people just want to feel confident and secure. And so if they're surrounded by people who are confident and secure in their message, then it just flows, you know, you're confident, secure, seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with our clients is like, we see her and we hear her and we genuinely care about her and specifically in different inflection points in her life when she's struggling like pre and postnatal like going through menopause like moving to a new town and not knowing anyone mm -hmm. like having her husband pass away suddenly um like becoming an empty nester all those moments inflection points in her life is when we really step up because we're all those women too and we've developed fitness around those inflection points um, because that's when we're most open to learning and growing and, um, you know, becoming more connected. Mm -hmm. um, so two things I know that, you know, I would love to pick your brain all day, but two things. So where did the name 
FAR3 come from? I'm sure this is an easy Google, but I wanted to hear it from you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the three is more important and we couldn't trademark three. It wasn't, you know, trademarkable. And we knew we wanted the ballet bar. So it's bar three, Hmm. but the three is a number Chris and I love. It's our favorite number. It's a symbol of balance. You can think of three points of a triangle or a tripod. And, um, the practice of bar three as at all, as, as all different stakeholders, whether you're a client, an owner in our play lounge, or me as the founder and CEO, the practice for all of us is to recognize imbalances um, because the three is a symbol of balance, recognize imbalances without shame or judgment with a growth mindset, and then find people around you who will help you work towards a more balanced state. So in our classes, our mission is to teach people to be balanced in body. That's the three and empowered from within. So we, we teach people to move their body towards balance. And you can't do that unless you're empowered, because that's the part of, Oh, I feel imbalanced today. Like I was saying, like, wow, my back is kind of creaky today. So there's an imbalance there. My hip flexors are really tight. Mm -hmm. I need to work my body towards a more balanced point. And so that philosophy of working towards balance is all around evolution and change. So we're not a fixed modality. We're not attached to a heritage like most bar programs are. We're not attached to the Lottie Burke method, which is kind of the genesis of the bar movement. Mm -hmm. We are attached to the science of working the body towards balance. And so all of our 1500 trained instructors nationwide are constantly learning and unlearning ways to balance the body because we'll, we'll discover through science, oop, you know, that, that push up at the ballet bar was making people have overdeveloped traps. We're going to take it out, but we're going to add in this move that gets them into their lower traps, you know, which mm-hmm. is an imbalance in people's bodies. So our instructors, the only instructor that, that likes to teach for bar three is one who is hungry to learn and grow because we're constantly teaching them how to do that. Um, And it's a harder way to grow a company candidly at scale, because it's not like memorize the script and we're going to do these same 26 postures over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. for as long as we're around. Um, We're more like learn how to sequence, learn the why behind balance and and we'll help you get there. If someone's looking for, um, maybe they want to try your online platform. What if they really resonate with this and they have a little bit of extra time or they really feel called to enter into this. Are you guys ever doing online training programs for new zoom coaches or when studios resume and they're open again? Um, do you guys, are you still taking applicants for that? Do you have to have like a BS and anything or no? Um, no, you don't. Um, yeah, the, the best way to become, to enter that journey of discovery as an instructor is to reach out to your local studio if you have one. And again, we have 177 now. So many, many geographies. And if not, you can, um, email us at info at bar3.com. I think that's the right email. Um, and and we can set you up. Yeah. Put it in your show notes. Um, yeah, that's, that's the best, that's the best approach. Um, and we are working on ways to deepen the client's experience. So those who don't maybe want to become a bar three instructor, but want a deeper understanding of why bar three, uh, we're working on some pretty exciting programming, um, to come in the next year or so. Cool. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you guys. Um, and before I let you go, um, for our listeners, I like to leave them with one or two resources that you use. So in your day-to-day, whether it's 
fitness, movement, a book, a podcast, a resource, anything that you think elevates you, what are, um, what are yours? Uh, resources that elevate me. Um, lately, I, I mentioned the moon. I've just, this has been a COVID thing for me. Following the moon cycle has been really just kind of cool. I I've really enjoyed it. And I have, um, an app. I love Ch Chani C H A N I Chani Nichols. She's a astrologer. And, um, I just think she's bright and she has meditations every month and you just kind of learn about your sign and, and what's going, it's just an entry point for self self-reflection that honestly I've been doing for the entire year. And I love it like full moon right now in Libra. I wouldn't have known that without her. Um, so that's one. The other thing I do is I keep a journal by my bed and I, um, when I wake up in the morning, I reflect on any dream fragments I might remember. And I just think about them or I write them down and just, I really believe that our subconscious, um, is a great teacher. Dreams are all about symbolism. They're not literal, obviously, but I find that to be a really, really rewarding, like practice. Even just little pieces of a dream. Yeah. Even just a sliver of a memory. And the other thing is even more than reflecting on it, it's an exercise to not grab my phone. It's an exercise to stay with myself for even two minutes before getting out of bed, maybe five or 10 on a lucky day. Um, and ease into my day in a way that starts with me versus getting out in the world and like doing and um, reactive mode. Mm -hmm, totally. I always tell people that it's whenever I am woken up by a phone, I, like I used to be, I used to have three 30 AM wake up calls and I would wake up to an anxious text message of something that was done wrong the night before. And my whole day was just wired for stress. And here we are. And like, I had all these illnesses. Um, but with that, I always tell people it's like waking up to a loud worm when you're to your cortisol, to your stress hormones, when you're yeah. the first thing. So I'm glad that you said that. I'm always trying to, if, if I could put anything into everybody, just like a automatic response, it would be no phone for the first 20 minutes when you wake up for sure. I know it makes such a huge difference. It, it really, really does. does. It makes a big, big difference. And it helps you. I mean, I truly believe that it helps you fall asleep the next night. I think that mm -hmm. it, it all is correlated. Um, well, those are amazing resources. I wrote these down. Thank you so much. Um, and I hope to have you on the podcast again, and especially see where you guys go and grow with the new elevations you're making to the platform. But you guys make sure that you guys check out, do I say you guys enough? Make sure that you <laughs> check out um, bar three. I'm going to link all of Sadie's information in the show notes. And so you guys can follow her. She's a wealth of knowledge and a great resource. And so is bar three. And if you've never tried a bar class, you just think you're not into it. Maybe your husband tells you that, you know, weights are the way to go. It's all, you know, whatever the ideal is in your head, I challenge you to give it a seven minute class. Uh, they have a bunch on their Instagram. They have a ton on their website just to give it a little, give it a little try, see how you like it. And I really genuinely believe it's going to be a fit for some people on the podcast. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, Sadie. And um, I hope that we get to chat with you again more soon. Thank you for having me. Of course. And we will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.